0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go.
1: Hey, business storytellers, it's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. How's everyone doing today? We want to talk about integration. And integration is more and more important because here's the thing we don't have enough time as it is. Um, so, of course, there's different definitions of what integration means, and we'll dive into those, uh, and I'll share some of my stories, how I've integrated more and more content channels, and really, you know, I'm a big fan of the co-model, create once, publish everywhere. So if you're not doing that already, I would highly recommend it. But today's guest, Elaine Lindsay, she's with Trual Social. I met her at Social Media Camp, and I can tell you exactly what year it was, because I still have the coaster for my iced coffee social media camp 2018 elaine welcome to the show
0: well thank you and yes absolutely uh i remember it very well when we met
1: that was an interesting trip and certainly uh certainly a great great area to to visit victoria canada and i think right now i can't even go to canada i think the the, the
0: borders might
1: still be closed
0: yeah um i understand the borders are definitely still closed uh, different areas i'm three-quarters of the way across the country in Ottawa, Canada, and don't have the lovely weather that Victoria gets. But uh, we, we're kind of going in and out of different lockdowns, different levels here. So we're still kind of uh, in the crux of it, not as bad as the U.S. But uh, it's been a very, very yeah. interesting year.
1: Definitely a very interesting year. And and, then I I don't want to say we have a lockdown here in Iowa, but uh, the kids are in school every other day. Uh, I work at home anyway, so it doesn't make a big difference to me, quite frankly. Um, But yeah, very interesting. Um, As Chris Penn says, if you're hoping for 2021, be more specific what you're hoping for, because (laughs) (laughs) it could could get worse. Let's talk about integration. When you talk about integration is key in digital marketing, what's your, what's your definition? How does
0: that play in? What, what does it mean? Well, I think we're, we're kind of in different areas here because you talk about integration, you talk about all your content, and I love your concept of make it once and put it everywhere, which is brilliant. I'm in the back end Okay, we look at integration from the optimization perspective, because for years and years, you know, people have a website or they have a blog. They have somebody or they had somebody doing their SEO. They had somebody else either helping them or doing their social media or they were doing it themselves. But none of those people or none of those areas were ever integrated in a way that could give the signals to the search engines that all of those pieces worked in harmony, that all of those pieces related to the authority of that one entity, be it a, a solopreneur or their business. And it made it really, really hard for small business to compete with the big corporations that are out there who had a, a bevy of people doing SEO and, and social media and what have you. They still weren't quite integrating the way I talk about it. So tell us
1: how exactly how, how, do, how do you talk about it and how do you integrate those different areas? Well, I, I'm going to get
0: really, really granular here. Okay, so coming at it from a solopreneur So for instance, Christoph, if you use your middle initial on your social media and you leave that middle initial off on your blog or your website, to the search engines, those are two different people. You're not getting any of the Authority or relevance or quality signals through to Google and Bing and all the other search engines that are out there as a unified person. It's two different people, so one of them is getting some signals and the other one's getting nothing. Which means you're kind of wasting an awful lot of your content and. Uh, You know, I pick something really small, such as a middle initial, but it can be anything. It can be if you use two or three different emails in different places. If you have, uh, say, your address or your phone number and you include a couple of phone numbers or your address is not written exactly the same way across all of your profiles, they seem like such teeny tiny things. But those teeny tiny things can absolutely derail any optimization process that you're building.
1: So the the devil is in the details, <laughs> and certainly um, I, I wrote about um, how you can get a knowledge panel. Yes, and certainly what you're what you're referring to. I mean, par- partially you have to be out there, and you have to be knowing. You can't just you know, be quiet in your corner and think to yourself, oh, I'm good at what I do. No, you have to talk about what you do and who you are and what your expertise is and be a uh, offer value. But on the other hand, you also have to have all these different channels that point to you. And for example, when you go to my knowledge panel, basically you search for my name, uh, you know, you get all those different social channels
0: right there. They're all listed. Google knows it's me. Absolutely, absolutely. But the fact is, okay, you have a lot of content out there and you're very cognizant of the fact that you want to seem integrated. You want to have all your pieces lined up and working for you. Because when when push, push comes to shove, okay, very simplistically, Google and the rest of the search engines, they only want to do one thing. They want to return the most authoritative, relevant, quality information for every single user query that comes in. And when you think of it that way, then it just makes sense to make sure that everything you put out kind of pulls that together and you're right, if you sit in the corner and you don't post or you don't acknowledge your accomplishments or you don't put up reviews, you don't ask people for testimonials, then how can the search engines possibly know that you're the one they should be watching?
1: Well, they wouldn't know, right? Um- so how do we start on the back end? How do we how do we start integrating all those things? Is it really as simple as making sure everything is, uh, you know the, the basics are there or or how do we what's the next level? Well, the
0: the start is yes, make sure your basics are there, but make sure everything is cohesive. Okay, make sure all your pieces are exactly. The same each place you go. Now, what I mean by that, okay? There are certain areas. LinkedIn gives you uh, a lot more uh, characters now in your headline, so you can add more there. Twitter, you're you're stuck with uh, uh, less characters for for your headline there, so you may have to shorten things. But it's those first details that are absolutely critical to be exactly the same in each area. You want to let them know what you do and and why you do it in, you know, a, a sort of short form. But here's the other piece and this is something that people don't often think about. A lot of this is not even the actual things you do. The fact is, I'm, I'm going to get a little esoteric here. A lot of people aren't quite ready to put themselves out there. They're, they think they want to be seen. They know they need to be visible in order to be found in the search engines. But there are some people who are not afraid of failure. They're afraid of success. So their mindset is not in a place where they're ready to be out there. And You can do all the SEO in the world. You can make everything congruent outside. But if your insides aren't congruent with your message, if they're not congruent with being seen out there, it's never going to happen.
1: Being afraid of success. That's a good way to put it. Uh, What if it actually works and people see me as the thought leader, right? Then, of course, we have the imposter syndrome, which yep. is very common, I just I actually saw somebody else who was talking about it earlier on Twitter, and uh, she, this person is not an imposter one bit. I mean, she knows her stuff. Um, so how do how do we how do people even get started? How do they get over that?
0: Well, the fact is, you have to take the time to actually acknowledge, you know, is this is is this really what I want? And nobody. You know, the old saying, I guess, is no man is an island. No person is an island. Nobody can do it all alone. You need to have mentors. You need to be able to bounce your ideas off someone so that you can get a feel for what it is that you're putting out there. And more importantly, you have to be sure that inside you're ready to take that huge step, to get out there and be seen, to consistently come up on page one. And knowledge graphs are wonderful, and it is absolutely what you want to get out there, but you got to get yourself found in search first. Don't start with the aim of, I want a knowledge graph. Start with the aim of getting found in search for your top keyword phrase about what you do. And there is one other amazing opportunity that everybody has now that people aren't, I guess, taking advantage of enough. And that's your Google My Business listing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually did have, I'm going to write this down here so I can remember to put it in there. Uh, Google My Business, uh, we did have a show on that in uh, at length with Greg Gifford. Talking about how you should sign up for it, how you should use it, even if you don't have a website, get your Google My Business, um, especially if you have um, a location. Now, should a guy like me? This is a question I didn't even ask Greg, Elaine, but a guy like me, I don't have, I don't want anybody coming by my storefront. No, exactly, store. call me exactly.
0: Christoph, sorry for interrupting you. I, I, I really, that's what I really wanted to talk about because. Yes, local bricks and mortar, they had, hands down, that's what Google Places, which originally is what Google My Business was called, that's exactly what it was put in place for. However, as things changed and things grew in the digital world, it became evident to Google that it was important for service businesses as well to be able to be found in search. And guess what? You don't need a website. Google My Business has now made it possible for your user to do everything they need to do to get in touch with you without ever leaving the first search page. So for someone like you Mm -hmm. who does your services... You, yeah, you don't want them coming to your office. You don't have people coming to your office. And that's okay because you just have to let Google My Business know that. You service your customers elsewhere. And that becomes your service-based business, which is also entitled to a Google My Business listing. And here's the coolest part. You not only can have your Google Assistant on there, you can have people message you directly from that search page on their phone, their tablet, their laptop, whatever they happen to be using at that moment. You can have them call you directly from your Google My Business listing. So for small business that maybe are just startups or they haven't yet got themselves as a web page but they have some social media these are great additional pieces for you but why not work on that google my business page listing and give yourself that leg up so that you're conveying your signals to the search engines that You really have what your prospects and customers need, and you should be the one that they put out there because you get to put posts on Google My Business on your listing, just like you would if you had a website and a blog. You can post there every day, every week, whatever uh, suits your content. And I know you yourself, you're very prolific, and, and my hat's off to you. Um, You could you could be putting stuff out there every day, but that, again, can help every single thing that you do, because, well, quite frankly, how much more integrated can you get with Google than having your Google My Business listing concentrate everything you do in the one place?
1: So just as Elena, as you were talking here, of course, you know, I'm going over (laughs) to Google My Business and I've I've, I've used Google My Business for uh, companies that actually have a location. And that's what Greg and I focused on for the most part of our discussion, uh, I I think. And so I went over here and I signed up. I mean, super quick, like hopefully I was typing (laughs) quiet enough. But if you are a home based business or whatever. Go over there, Google, business.google.com, and you can sign up. You don't have to list your address publicly. You still have to yeah. give it to them. And here's the reason why. Because they're going to send me a, a a postcard, and they're going to verify that I own the business. Of course, how do they know that there's a business there? I guess they could link it to the uh, Secretary of State um, database. Absolutely. Whatever. Anyway, um, Christoph, so- here's
0: here's the important reason why you give it to yeah. them to start off with. That verification, you want to be sure that the business name that you give Google, if you use a business name rather than your own name, or if you're registered as your own name, make sure that you list it in exactly the same format that it is on your business license.
1: So they are linking it to it. So easy enough, very, very interesting to find out. And uh, I signed <laughs> up, we will see, uh, kind of funny, that um, that Google will send me a postcard, by the way, but it is what it is. Um, that's that's kind of one way to do it. Um, so how, besides Google My Business, Elaine, what else should companies do to integrate? and move things forward. What are some other easy wins,
0: so to speak? Well, the the easy wins really start with you making it simple for your prospects and your customers. So whether that's the content you're putting out, making sure your content on social media has a call to action, has a way to contact you each and every time. Okay, we see it all the time, and I have to say, A few years back, I was probably the the guiltiest of putting out content and not actually adding a call to action or not actually adding an email that they could send to or a phone number that they could call. Now we live in such a society of immediacy. When people go looking for something and they find it on their phone, they want to be able to contact you right then and there. Okay, nobody wants to wait 48 hours or or what have you to get in contact with somebody. They want to contact you right this minute. And that's what the messaging is for. And that's what um, having your email on your social posts, making sure at at the end of your blog pieces and on your website, there's an easy way to contact you visible at all times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very, very interesting, Um, you know, how we how we can move forward and how simple it really is. I mean, I'm just amazed. Um, I mean, I'm done with my Google My Business Profile pretty much. It's not actually not completely done. 80 percent done, according to Google here. But pretty, pretty close. Uh, Why do you think other than the imposter syndrome, but why do you think it's so difficult for companies to think about it, I mean, is it like content strategy, which sometimes it feels like content strategy comes last, even when it should come first, and it shouldn't always come first, quite frankly. But um, do you know I what really I mean? like, think, yeah. Why I, I, is, I it not a, why, is it, why is it not a priority? Why is it not like for people to do these things correctly? Because time? I
0: honestly think that people don't often take the time that they should to figure out exactly who their ideal customer is. Content gets put to the sort of the back burner because quite often people aren't exactly sure who they're talking to. So how do you talk to someone if you're not even sure who it is you should be talking to? And I have a kind of a weird tip uh, for content, but whether it's social media, your blog, your Google My Business listing, wherever you're putting it. For small business, the best thing you can do is talk to one person. Just have a conversation. If you're going to put stuff out there, then just make it right from the heart of what you do. I don't mean get all touchy-feely and be hearty that way. I mean, make sure when you're putting out information that you want your prospects and your customers to be able to utilize, you're giving them the meat. You're adding value at every opportunity. But more important than that, you're aiming at that one customer that you have in your head, that ideal, the person who really needs what you do, the person who is really likely to take the steps you want them to take to hire you to give them what you offer. And I know that sounds super simple and like, well, yeah, that's, that's a given. But it's not. People lose sight of the fact that we, are, we can't be all things to all people. Okay. And the the deeper you niche down, the better off you are.
1: Yeah. And so the other thing I, I wrote down earlier, Elaine, I kind of forgot about it because <laughs> you got me going on signing up for Google, my business. Um, I always, uh, I don't like homework, but I do like uh, trying these new things, things and I'm done in class, so to speak. Um, so interestingly, you mentioned earlier collaboration and and the one thing I wanted to mention on that collaboration is so important. I know we talk about that uh, on many, many episodes. But I was I'm working on a content uh, on a keyword strategy SEO strategy for for 2021. And honestly, I can do I can put together a strategy, but there needs to be collaboration at some point because some of the best ideas for keywords or anything comes from people talking to each other. And I'll give you an example. I did a an article on AuthenticStorytelling.net about um, video podcast Mm -hmm. snippets that's what i call them something like that and max Grandstadter called said oh audiograms and i'm like audiograms never even heard that term before of course audiograms have way more traffic than whatever the thing is i just made up but i would have i would have never known what the actual term was until i saw it somewhere or max mentioned it while we were collaborating so how especially in smaller businesses where where I know people will scream about, oh, we're so busy. We have enough time, blah, blah, blah. I, You know what? There is plenty of time. We just have absolutely. to figure out how to reallocate it.
0: But yeah, absolutely. That, I was going to say, yeah, right? you, ha- you have to prioritize your time because it's not about working harder.
1: You have to. And you have to, you have to find the ways to make it simpler, quite frankly. I mean, there's so many workflows I see. Uh, they just waste time. And it's kind of crazy, quite frankly. But other than that, How do people start? How do they realize what to stop doing uh, and how to reallocate their time for the right? Well,
0: if you're, and this goes against the grain of everybody that's out there, but if you're a very small business and you are spending your days trying to build great big funnels and setting up autoresponders and a million levels deep, stop, just stop. Okay, the first thing you need to do is start with one, one service, one product, one offering you can make to the customers that you're aiming at. Go after that one offering. Make sure that you set your your mindset, your website, your blog, your social media, all of it aiming to show what you have. Not in a salesy way and not 24-7, because there's so much offerings of value that you can add around what you ultimately want to sell. That's also where collaboration comes in, okay? When, when you said you're setting up a strategy for 2021 for keyword phrases, and, and that's fabulous, but it's not a standalone, and you can't do it yourself, you need to reach out to your past customers, if you have past customers, and ask them what would they search for. What are the questions they would ask when looking for someone who does what you do? And that keyword there is questions, because one of the most important things we can do for ourselves as small business. Is answer the questions that the customers have. How do you find that out? You ask them. And people are actually really happy to help others. So there's no reason why you can't just put a poll out on your social media asking for, you know, if this is a service that I offer, what would you look for in search? Because quite frankly, it's not often what we think it is. We're in We're mired in our own expertise. So we tend to use buzzwords. And you said audiogram. And yeah, those are great buzzwords. But that's not often what the customer says. I have an example, if you don't mind. And it's, um, I work with a company that does uh, health initiatives, health and wellness, alternative. They use something called a a PEMF bed and, and do all these different modalities including nutrition. When we started working with them, the keyword phrases they were using were proper nutrition, vitamin deficiency, you know, utilizing electronic pulse machines. These are all sort of buzzwords within the expertise of what they offer. When we got to them, we said, "What? Well, but what about... Someone who goes into searching Google and types in, My kid is vomiting. Help, my husband has diarrhea. What do I do about pink eye? There's all kinds of questions that people ask because they don't necessarily know the expert words. They don't know what it is that you necessarily use within your expertise. They're just using those common commonalities those basic questions and I think the problem is that we all try to make it too complicated you know make make everything you do simple bring it down to the the most common denominator and start from basic
1: And, you know, just listening to you, of course, I I do this every day, but what's interesting about the way you just put that down, uh, I mean, if you're a small business owner or, or, you know, you're just getting started in marketing, I mean, think about all the steps that Elaine just talked about there. First of all, you have to figure out what you stand for yourself. Then you have to figure out what are people searching for to find whatever it is that you think you're doing and what terms they use, not the terms that you use, but the terms that they use, which is kind of interesting. And then, of course, you also have to remember there's different parts of the funnel, right? People at the bottom, uh, for example, if, if somebody wants to buy a business and, and they're ready to buy or they're really considering it, they might just search for franchises, uh, whatever, you know, restaurant franchises. in, in yeah. my hometown or something, you know, or, or franchise, for example. But if I'm not interested or I'm not that far along, you know, what's the thing somebody at the top of the funnel searches for? So the problem that I think everybody has to remember is if you don't do those things and you just do stuff, you might not be doing the right stuff. And that's Absolutely. And,
0: and why I said, focus on the one thing, do the one thing and like, forget the big funnel and all of that. You have to get found for one keyword phrase first. Once you own that keyword phrase, then you can move on to others. But if you just do the old style, you know, spray and pray marketing, and you do that with your keywords, then the same thing's going to not happen. You're not going to move your business along. And the fact of the matter is, and, and I think this is where a lot of people lose sight of it. We're all guilty of it. But guess what? It's not about you. It's never about you. So when you take you out of the equation and try to think from the customer's perspective, when you talk to the customers and ask what they think, what they would look for, you know, what it is that's most important to them, what's their biggest challenge, that's when you get to the meat that you really need to put you right at the top Not just of search, but right at the top of the authority within your niche.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, um, it's interesting. The the one thing too, I want to mention, you mentioned focus on one thing. So I am a big believer in building out a whole strategy and, and maybe not, you know, I agree with your, with your (laughs) uh, stated unpopular opinion, so to speak. Um, but, but I'm also a fan of putting together the the whole strategy, but there is a difference in my mind in putting together the strategy and rolling it out bit by bit. So for example, I'm not going to build an entire funnel. I'm not going to create content for a year and then roll it out at once. What I'm going to do is I'm going to come up with a strategy and then step by step, try to reach certain things. Because here's the other thing that I think people forget really quickly, content or really any on the anything on the website that is not published and not pushed out will never yep. perform. Absolutely, the end. So keep that in mind. Great tips from Elaine Lindsay. You can find her on TrueSocial dot com. How do people? Uh, describe your perfect client. How do people work with you? Who should reach out?
0: Oh, for me, my perfect client, my perfect client is uh, an author, a comedian, a coach who understands that they have some work to do to make sure that they are visible in the digital world. And you can not only find me at Truel Social, you can find me at the corner of Search and Social. You can just look it up in search. No, it's not cor- another website. Oh, another
1: website it's it's basically social.
0: a, uh, I guess, a contraction of what it is that I do. And a customer years ago coined that and said, oh, I know. I can always find you at the corner of search and social because you're forever talking about integration. And I thought that was so good back in 2012 that we use it as our tagline. So is your
1: opinion that search, uh, that social helps with the search results? Not then? in
0: the way you mean, but yes, it absolutely does. Okay, okay. just today... Uh, was speaking with a prospect, had the address to the prospect's website, and the website did not come up in search. However, third in search, their LinkedIn profile came up. Because yes, absolutely, social has Mm -hmm. to be a part of your integrated strategy for pulling all your pieces together to highlight your authority and relevance.
1: Yep, And so it's interesting. I do agree with you on that. And I do have an article on that topic on authentic storytelling.net. In fact, it says basically what you just said, does social media help with SEO? And I, I think I'm uh, probably a little closer to your philosophy than what some people, um, how some people inter, um, interpret that. So that podcast, this podcast will also be included with that article. And then, of course, we'll link to that article if you're listening On any of the 20 podcast channels, of course, just a friendly reminder, this podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeart, et cetera, et cetera. You can also ask Alexa and Siri to play them. And of course, there she is already listening to me tell her what to do next. Um, Love those voice devices. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure to, uh, to listen to you, share your insights and Um, always something well thank you very much Christopher it was a great time
0: talking to you
1: fantastic thank you so much and thanks everyone for listening until next time
0: that's a wrap thanks for tuning in please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels and don't forget to share this episode with your networks we appreciate you until next time let the best stories win